With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's done it again! Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut! Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur! Leicester City! Leicester City are the champions of England! Hey everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Oren, with me as always, Pauli Quistel and Elliot Niblock. Elliot is now in Asia, hopefully his uh, internet connection will stay solid throughout this uh, recording, but if not, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> are, you, are you insinuating yeah. something about Asia? Yes, the internet connections there are even worse than they are here at some places. It's going to be good enough for Wayne Rooney, so... Mm, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it depends on where you are, too. I think Elliot is in uh, Thailand right now, so I don't know how extensive they're... I don't think they have Google Fiber. Uh, Probably not. I mean, this, this hotel's wireless connection is pretty spotty to begin with um but i don't know it's also dependent because i'm in a corner room so i'm kind of far away from the router i guess but i'm not sure if i was dead center in the floor if it would be that much better to be honest but... <laughs> ah, well we'll see how it goes we'll do our best yes exactly uh let's touch upon a couple of games here from the weekend match week 35 then we're gonna jump into champions league and europa league previews um, let's start with the North London Derby Tottenham Hotspur picking up a two nothing win over Arsenal and, uh, Elliot missed this game as he was up in the air, which is good for him. Uh, Pauly, what an Arsenal fan. Yeah. He just misses big games like the uh, Derby because of a plane ride. Don't <laughs> you call yourself oh, a yeah. fan. Um, hey, if I could, if I could have swiped a card to get satellite uh, TV in the plane, I would have. But that was not a feature offered by Ukrainian airlines, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've flown on Ukrainian airlines before. They are not high tech. No, but they're they're cheap, and the flight attendants are very friendly and very very kind to you, no matter how much alcohol you want to consume. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I did not have I did not have friendly flight attendants. I had. Ukrainian flight attendant who, you know, have you ever seen the movie Miracle? No, I don't think so. They're when they're watching game film on the Russians, and someone says, "Do these guys ever smile?" And the response is, "They're Russian. They get they get shot if they smile." And yeah, that was pretty much the Ukrainian flight attendants. <laughs> Oof. Mm-hmm. Well, Polly, you did see this, so. Um... Did you think it was a good eye or a blessing in disguise for Elliot that he missed this one? Not only yeah, because dude. they lost, <laughs> but in the way they lost. In the way that, well, here's the thing. So obviously if, if you're from, if you're not in America, you don't get the American broadcast in this game. But the American commentators are Arlo White, great announcer. 
Graham Wasseau, former Chelsea defender, who I've never had a problem with, never thought that he's biased at all. And Lee Dixon, the former Arsenal defender, who sometimes I think is biased, but most of the time I'm like, he's actually pretty good at his job. Lee Dixon spent 90 minutes trying to talk about how Finishing how Tottenham finishing above Arsenal was not a big deal at all, and that the fans were making a big deal out of it when it's about winning trophies and they're not going to win any trophies, so they shouldn't really be happy. And this really isn't a big deal, and they shouldn't be celebrating it. And I've never heard a more bitter person in 90 minutes of the booth. Yeah, it was. It was. I do agree with you there. It was pretty obvious that he, you know, he has a vested interest being a former Arsenal player. He, you know, he he went with the whole we at some point too, and all. Yes, Tottenham might not be winning any trophies, but they are a team that is in the right direction. They have a promising young team. Yeah. They have one yeah. of the best I managers mean, that, right now. Great. Whereas Arsenal seems to just be heading in the totally opposite direction. I'm just like, I've never heard someone try to belittle a team's accomplishments so much. Everything he said was was trying to just shut down Tottenham and be like, well, it's not something they should be proud of. And then it was funny because at one point he did say, you know, Graham, you and I were talking before the game and we were saying if you were to pick an 11 out of these two teams for the first time in a long time, you would have to think most of them would be wearing the white shirts of Tottenham. And literally as he's saying that, they get a long throw in, boom, 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 Deli Ali scores a goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was the talk before the game too and Thierry Henry said that, you know, basically only Alexis would make it into the Tottenham team at this point. And and I, I agree with that, but where does he play? Like what for? Like you would have to switch your formation, I think, to accom- to accommodate Alexis. Yeah, but you know, I, the main I, gist I, is that it, he is good enough. I guess I guess he I right I guess he plays instead of Son, I yeah. guess, um, or maybe Ericsson, depending on your mood. But it, it's more like a we need to figure like we we need to. Sh- it's almost like a. Alexis is so good, we need to figure out a way to put him into Tottenham's team. Rather than, like, you know, he's clearly the best at this position. I feel like he would definitely go in instead of Son. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Elliot, you were trying to say something when I when I brought that up. Well, it doesn't matter... That he at you know the very top echelon of the game, but that's but that's still no. Polly, I think I jinxed it. Even they had great season, <laughs> the collapse at the end. Elliot, you're breaking up so bad. Uh, I was just, I was hoping, I was hoping you could hear him and you no. were picking him up and I was just out in the dark. No, it's like, ah, <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> well, now I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But what I was saying is that even from an Arsenal fan's perspective, like this is massive for Tottenham, and you know, you unless you're totally blind or, or so you, you no. And we're out again. <laughs> yeah, finish no. ahead of Arsenal and to have. Okay. No. Is there a hard uh, line uh, option? Shit. Yeah. No. Well, I'm just gonna. It. I agree with that. It's massive, Tottenham. The question is, how massive does it become? And. The question I raised to my friends today, when you're talking, because obviously Tottenham are, are, they're flying high right now. Their friends are, my friend actually, he sent me a text today being like, how many, how many HR complaints are going on in North, in London right now from people just being like, wow, this guy's being a dick to me today. And like, well, it's 22 years in the making, mm-hmm. you know, he, he said yesterday, he goes, how, how much do I get to milk this for? And I went, well, I went, you're you it's 22 years in the making i went you get to milk it for a while and i said look nbcsn's releasing a documentary next week um not next week i think in two weeks about the final day of the 2012 season and i was like that's five years ago already Mm -hmm. like obviously i'm like look uh obviously probably my worst day as a fan was that day, probably worse than the 6-1 defeat that City gave United. My worst day as a Manchester United fan was that day, going into that day being like, we blew with the title, we already lost it, and then having QPR actually take a lead on City and hold it to the 89th, 91st minute, and then City equalize, and you're just like, well, it's just a tie game now. You know, if they could just hold on for four more minutes, we still win the title. But even knowing that it was never going to happen, probably my worst day as, as a fan. I still acknowledge it's the best day. It's the best ending to a Premier League season ever. Will it ever be topped? I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. You know, this documentary should have been made three years ago. I was like, it's been five years. Yeah. I was like, and yet they're still they're still playing it. So I went, so yeah, you can milk this for quite the time. But then, you know, you read the articles and there's there's been a lot coming out because a lot of articles are now comparing Tottenham to Arsenal following the Invincible season and how Arsenal had a very young team back then with some superstars and they were about to move into a new stadium and there was a lot of optimism surrounding the club and they faded to oblivion. <laughs> and the question is... Is that going to happen here, or are there differences? I, and I yeah. think they're still going to have some money to spend though on players. That was I that was the big so. that was the big thing with moving from Highbury to the Emirates was that they were out of money. was like I'm not going to be able to spend anything. Well, they were just out of money, and Tottenham apparently aren't out of money. But the same, but the the issue that comes here is. Tottenham aren't spending money on their current players. That's the issue. And that will become an issue. Right now, we're already seeing Kyle Walker's head get turned by Manchester City because Walker 
has been alerted by City that his wages are below market value, and he can go to City and make twice as much money. Well, and he's and, been a top level player for a long time too. Exactly. So it's this isn't like a Jack Rodwell, Fabian Delph yeah. situation, he, like where it's he like won the Young Player of the Year like four years ago, like four, yeah, he, maybe even five years ago. He would he would go like my friend was saying today. He's like, oh, I can't wait till Walker goes to City and then sucks. And I was like, you know, that's not gonna happen. He's like, yeah, I know. Like Kyle Walker is that good. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, the problem is is that you Rex Ryan, Darrell Revis, him. You know, Rex Ryan became the head coach of the Jets, spent a year talking about how Darrell Revis was the best corner in the, in the NFL. And then a year later, Darrell Revis holds out because he goes, well, wait a minute. You just spent a year talking about how I'm better than everybody. I want to get paid more than everybody. And Tottenham have spent the year talking about how Kyle Walker is the best full right back in the league. Obviously, he's going to want to get paid more than everybody. And the argument that Tottenham fans and that, and that everybody else constructs around Tottenham is this is a very tight group of players and they want to accomplish something with Tottenham. And they're excited about moving into um, a new stadium together and making something happen. And I don't disagree with that, but we just saw that happen last year. Remember when Lester won the title and people wanted Mars and Arsenal wanted Jamie Vardy Mm -hmm. and Danny Simpson was a hot commodity and Christian Fuchs was a hot commodity. And they all said, this is a tight group of players and they liked what they accomplished last year. They want to accomplish more. They want to give it a go in the champions league. It didn't exactly work out for them. And it's hard to say that they failed. It's hard to say that they could have even done better. You know, they kind of just regressed to the mean. Mm -hmm. There's a really good chance that that happens to Tottenham too. Now, Granted, Deli Ali and Harry Kane are two generational talents, and Eric Dyer is really probably the best player in the position that he plays. But, you know, Wanyama, Dembele, Son, um, Christian Eriksen, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Toby Alderweireld, fantastic defender. Hugh Orr is a fantastic goalkeeper, but you don't know what you're going to get out of, out of them. And if they struggle next year when they play at Wembley, which is a stadium that they really struggle at, which you have to assume if they play there all the time, they will get better. But if they struggle there next year and then don't win a title at White Hart Lane, at the new White Hart Lane, the following season, you have to think all of them are going to be like, wait a minute, we should be leaving now because we should be getting paid. Mm -hmm. Like at a certain point, you can't pay them what you're paying them and expect them to stay. And I and the article that I read today really hammered it home. It's that Daly, he has 17 goals this year. It's probably not likely, but really within the realm of possibility, because they have four games left, I believe, that he scores 20 goals this year in the league. So maybe, possibly, and even likely, he'll have 20 goals at the end of the year. Jesse Lingard has one goal this year in the league. It is more than likely he's going to finish the year with one goal. And he makes twice as much money as Deli Ali now because he just got a fat raise. Yep. And at what point does Deli Ali look around and be like, well, wait a minute, how does this make sense? This guy is a squad player and he makes twice as much money as me. Yeah, I know Walker has two seasons left on his deal. 
don't know Delhi. When did he sign? He hasn't. He they all signed extension. Walker is the only one that didn't sign an extension. Oh, okay, okay. Delhi just signed an extension. Can't, everybody at Tottenham signed an extension, but even with that extension that Delhi just signed, because remember he was a MK Don's player that signed for five million. So obviously, how much how much were they paying him before the extension? Probably not much. Jesse Lingard makes not more money than him, twice as much money. Like that's hard to swallow and. You could say, I'm going to suck it up because I like what we're building here for two years. But eventually, you're like, if I mean, imagine if you're making 60,000 60, pounds and you're like, well, I could be making 120, 150, not 120. If Jesse Lingard's making 100, if you're making 60 and Jesse Lingard's making 120, then Delhi at least should be making 180 to 190. And it's 190,000 pounds a week. How much could you say no to that? And, you know, all the Tottenham fans are like, and I, they've been saying it all year, and I, I find it interesting that I, I posed it to a couple of friends today. And one said, dude, no one's leaving. They want to build something here. And the other one goes, dude, I'm terrified because, yeah, like, eventually money talks. Everybody's got their price. And you want to win trophies? You know, Tottenham haven't won those trophies yet. Manchester United are winning trophies. Even if they're fifth, they're winning those trophies. And if they come calling with a boatload of money, you know— the idea, if if you're not if you're competing for trophies but not winning them, wouldn't you rather make a hundred ninety thousand and compete for a trophy and not win it, rather than make sixty thousand and compete for a trophy and not win it? Yes. Yeah, and I mean that that's part of why I think we might actually see Diego Costa go to China because he would be making, you know, four or five times what he's making right now. Yeah. It, so it's I I don't question the validity of these these articles that are all coming out but at the same that, time that are all coming out right now I, I, and look and I'm coming from a guy who you know we used to have fun saying Harry Kane's going to be at Manchester United next year Dele Alli will eventually be at Manchester United right now I'm like yo all these guys let them do what they want to do take all that money that you would have wanted to throw it at Harry Kane and, and Dele Alli and please just throw it at Eric Dyer that's the only player I want, and I want him in red shirt, and I want him next year. I want him now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, Chelsea took a win. They beat Everton 3-0. Spurs, as we said, they won 2-0 over Arsenal, so it stays the same there at the top. Four points separates the two top teams. Uh, otherwise, it was Spur- a- and And here's the thing. If Spurs went out, they tie United for the most points for um, for second place. Mm-hmm. Which I guess would, yeah. Well, I guess they would tie City, who won the way that year. Actual. Yes. Uh, then yeah, the other big winner over the weekend that was Liverpool. They uh, scraped a one nothing win over Watford. Great goal by Emre Khan here today on Monday. Uh, Manchester City drew two two away to Middlesbrough. Manchester United. Yeah, what's drew. up with Liverpool? What's up with Liverpool? Did they not get the memo? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, all season long, all season long, it's been one team in the top four race drops points. The rest of the teams drop points. And yeah. this week, United dropped points. City followed suit by dropping points. And then Liverpool goes out and wins a game. What's going on here? Yeah. That's, yeah. Not the way, that's not the way this top four race works. This top four race works by everybody 
pretty much trying their best to not finish in the top four. Yeah, everybody, everybody being consistent. Come on. Yeah, City, they were down twice against Middlesbrough. Uh, Negredo gave Middlesbrough the lead in 30th minute. Aguero tied things up on a penalty, 69 minute. Then Callum Chambers gave Middlesbrough the lead again in 77th minute. And Gabriel Jesus tied it up again in the 85th minute. Uh, Did you watch that game? I watched part of it. What what part did you see? Uh, none of the goals. Yeah, so I watched. I flipped it on in like the eighty something minute when I looked, and I was like, "Wow, it's two one with." I was like, "It's two one with seven minutes to go," mm-hmm. and and I watched. I flipped it on, and Middlesbrough were just trying to play that like let's just keep the ball away from City game, and I was like, "They're laughably bad at this," and I went, "There is no way they're holding on." This lead. No. But yeah, I was actually shocked that they held on for a draw, because uh, when I flipped that thing on, it was like okay, City. I, I was like, I give it, I give it four minutes max before City score, and they scored within two. And I went, and I went. There's, I said to my friends, I was like, there's no way that Middlesbrough holds on for the next five plus three minutes uh, of this game, and it ended up being like five plus six minutes. Mm-hmm. And they somehow managed to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... Sergio Aguero hurting his groin certainly helped. Yes. But, I mean, that's the thing, too. That that made the 1-1 result between United and Swansea even worse. Uh, I mean... Is it... No, like, first... Name a relegation contender that, that hasn't come to Old Trafford and gotten a draw. I know, it, 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 I know it's, they... It's not even bad anymore. It's, 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 you know, like, expect, you know the stat, like, expected goals? Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a stat, like, expected points, and I genuinely wonder, like, if you look at the fifth place Manchester United team playing at home against a relegation battling, you know, their Swansea are 17th, you would think, like, you'd be expected to get, like, 2.7 points in that game, and I'd be like, no, you should be expecting one. Just a flat round one because everyone comes to, to Old Trafford and it was it was so predictable that before the game even happened, my friend said United will probably be up 1-0 at halftime and Sigurdsson will hit a free kick in the second half. I mean, it, you couldn't get more predictable. Yeah, United is, let's see, they have seven wins and ten draws, one loss. So if we just look at the... The win-to-draw ratio. Um, so the only other teams that have more draws than wins at home is Middlesbrough and Sunderland. They've won 38% of their home games. The last time that they that they were that bad, they got relegated. And I think that's unbelievable that the last time they, they had a winning percentage the way they do now... They were actually relegated from the league, and this year they're like still miraculously fighting for a top four spot. Yeah, that's still realistic. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Obviously, like if you look at these things and you say, "Oh, well, we'll probably go to we'll probably go to Arsenal," and even if we completely outplay Arsenal, we'll probably get a draw, even though we should win that game because it's an away game and we have good away form, and Arsenal are kind of terrible. We'll probably go to Spurs. We'll probably lose because nobody gets points at White Hart Lane. And it's their final game at White Hart Lane. But nevertheless, whatever. Whatever other away games we play, we'll probably win. And we'll probably draw against Crystal Palace. 
that's how you have a realistic fan look at it. But in theory, you look at the remaining schedule and you say, well, it's pretty realistic for us to actually finish in the top four. It's not, but somehow it is. And we've won 38% of our home games. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's, it's truly unbelievable. And then you have the clown manager coming out and bitching and moaning about how many games this team has played in April and saying, you know, we've played nine games in April. Guess what? The other seven teams that made the semifinals in European competition, they've all played nine games. So something tells me there's a dink between making it far in Europe and playing nine games in April. Yes. Something tells me that they're correlated. So if you want to go far in Europe, which I think every team wants to do, you're going to have to play a lot of games in April. Exactly. And it's just the most whiny, bitchy thing ever for him to complain about that. Yeah. And you will have injuries too. Obviously you'll have injuries. Now what I will say, and, and someone made a great point is that he can't complain about the size of his squad because he sold Memphis to pie. He sold Morgan Schneiderlin and he sold Bastian Schweinsteiger. And now he's complaining that he doesn't have enough players. Well, yeah, but he, he's the one who usually keeps his squad pretty, pretty slim. So yeah, he can't... Well, that's why he sold them. He yeah. sold, that's why he sold them. And now he's like, well, I don't have any players. Yep. And, um, I will say this though. He made one valid point when he said, what would have happened if we made the FA Cup semifinals? When would we have played Burnley? And that's a really good question because from now until the end of the season, United play weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, the entire rest of the season. So when would they play Burnley? Had they made the semifinals? I don't know. Like you wouldn't, you can't play them the week after. Nope. You can't play them like midweek after. Like remember last year they played Bournemouth on a Tuesday because of the bomb that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because, like, so say United make the Europa League final, that game is on Wednesday after the final final game of the season. Like, when would they, like, what are you going to do, play it on the same day as the FA Cup final? No, I don't really know how they would. Like, literally, like, so at that, and I mean, he was throwing out, like, ridiculous. When will we play Bournemouth? A week after the season? Two weeks after the season? Next preseason? Like, when when would we do it? And, like, yeah, you're making a mockery of it, but you had a point. Like, when the hell would you play that game? Yep, that's true. Uh, I guess I guess the league just doesn't think, it, and it's never really been an issue before, that, one that like, you know, the team that would finish, that would make it to the semifinal, a team that would make it to the semifinals of the Europa League would also manage to make it to the semifinals of the FA Cup because – the only two teams that I remember in recent years to make the semis of the Europa League were Liverpool last year, who didn't make the FA Cup semifinals, and Fulham, that Clint Dempsey year, who also didn't make the FA Cup semifinal. Yeah. I guess the league just doesn't didn't didn't think of that. No. But it of all the, the nonsense and bullshit that Jose Mourinho spewed in his in his press conference, like that was a valid point. Like when would you play that game? <laughs> That is true. In other news, Sunderland are relegated. They suffered a one nothing defeat to Bournemouth at home on Saturday, which seals their fate 
Joshua King with a lone goal in this one, 88th minute. And there was a heartbreaking picture they threw up of an old man sitting by himself in the stands with his Sunderland jersey and scarf on looking absolutely destroyed. Well, I felt, yeah, I felt so there. bad for him. They love the club up there and you know, and they they live and breathe with it. But, you know, it's not like look, if this was Everton who have been in the top flight for over 100 years and they got relegated and there was an old man there, I'd I'd be heartbroken too. But like Sunderland, dude, you guys got you guys got relegated like 10 years ago. Yeah. This isn't new. In fact, I was surprised when I found out the last time they got relegated was 2007. I was like, this, it's definitely been longer than that. And it Unless was, they... It was Yanoshe's birthday, too. Oh, oh well. <laughs> it's also miraculous somehow. The, not somehow. Well, considering that both teams in the past 10 years have been relegated, it was the first time that uh, Sunderland... And or, or that Sunderland and Newcastle, one of them got promoted and the other one got relegated in the same year. Mm. So they avoid playing each other for two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if they meet up in the cup or something. Um, if you look at this Sunderland team, though, I mean they just they haven't been up to snuff. But like, how big of a uphill battle do you think it's going to be for them to get back in? Uh, I don't know because I don't know how many. I don't know how many players they would lose. Like they'll lose Jermaine Defoe, yes, and that's a problem right away. But like that, that gives a chance to sign like a young championship esque or League One or non League striker to be like you're going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I think they'll figure out a way to make Adnan Yanazai's move permanent. I don't think Jose Mourinho gives a shit about him. And frankly, I don't think there's a United fan out there that does either yeah. at this point. I mean, where where is he going to play? Yeah, but he's he's on the bench for them. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, talk about that's the ultimate example of what one good year could do for you. He he managed to have his good year at the right time, played a, a role in the World Cup, and then has faded into oblivion. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at it, I think O'Shea, is, is he going to retire? Maybe. Yeah, probably. Then you got, you know, Les Scott. Is he going to be there? Is he going to retire? Who knows? He's, he hasn't really played much for them in it either way. I mean, yeah, they'll get, they'll get younger. They'll get younger. But I think even with a younger – I think that's even better because then David Moyes can bring in players that he wants and that are hungry, except – question is what kind of manager is David Moyes these days <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I, I think Sebastian Larson is probably gonna go somewhere else even PNR they're, they're, yeah they are not else. they're not gonna it's not gonna be easy for them no yeah I, I, I have very high doubts that they'll bounce straight back up I mean it might be good for a player like Lennon Gooch though yeah it would be. And I mean, look look at what happened to DeAndre Yedlin. He dropped in the championship this year, played all the time, and look at, and look at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we take a quick look at the table before we go into Champions League and Europa League. Uh, Swansea, they are two points 
behind Hull, who are sitting just above the drop. Uh, I feel like we can count up Middlesbrough at this point. Yeah, they suck. So it's uh, it looks like it's going to be Hull or Swansea that's going to follow Sunderland and Middlesbrough down to the championship. And um, Hull takes on Sunderland on Saturday, whereas Swansea play Everton. It's going to be interesting. Who do you, who do you think is going to pull this one out? What are the four? It's it's. I mean, Sunderland's down. Yeah, Sunderland yeah. Middlesbrough. I basically think. Yeah, so it's between out. Swansea and Hull, right? Yeah, Hull has Sunderland at home, Crystal Palace away, and then Tottenham at home. And what's the point differential again? Two points. Hull's in front. Mm-hmm. What's Swansea's re- remaining schedule? They have Everton at home, Sunderland away, and then West Brom at home. So they're basically playing three teams who doesn't have anything to play for. I think Hull get it. They've just they've just played a bit better down in the second half of the season. Not recently, but in the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I feel like Crystal Palace, even though they lost here against Burnley, Burnley taking their first away win of the season. The one week I don't. Time the one week I don't pick them. Yeah, why do you think they won? Yeah, they're like, let's stick it to them. Um, so yeah, Palace they're at thirty eight points, so I feel like they're safe. I know they're oh, not. They're so I know safe. they're not they're mathematically so safe. safe, but you know they're so safe. They're not. They're not losing all those games. No. They are so safe. So good on Burnley. Congrats to Burnley for taking that one away win. Good on you. You know, I'm happy that Burnley stay up again. Are going to stay up, and I'm happy that Bournemouth are sticking around in the league. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth up to tenth now. You stick around in the league enough, enough years in a row, and all of a sudden you become a perennial team like Stoke. No one, no one in their right mind thought Stoke was going to stay up their first year. Yep. Well, that's true. That's true. Let's head over to the Champions League. We got the Madrid derby tomorrow, Tuesday. And, uh, I mean, it's a repeat of the final last season. Atletico definitely has got a bone to pick or whatever you used to say. I'm an axe to grind. First leg. Keep throwing out cliches. Yeah. First leg is at the Santiago Bernabeu. And, Polly, if you're looking to your little uh, crystal ball there, how do you see this one? Shaping up. I feel like the two-leg format is better that for Atletico than it, than playing them in a one-off final. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen what happens literally the last two times is that they went to extra time and then Atletico burned out. Or last time they lost on penalties. Yeah. Um, how'd they do head-to-head this year? Uh, last game they played a one-one draw. The one yeah, prior... that's exactly what I was gonna say was, yeah. was gonna happen. That was on April eighth. Uh, the game back in November, mid-November, Real won three nothing. All right, but that's November, and that's you know weird things happen early. Mm-hmm. See, I just I look at it like both like both games are gonna go one-one, but in one of these games, Real will score a second goal. I I just I don't 
I don't see Atletico scoring twice in either of these games, and I see Real figuring out a way to score twice in one of them. I mean, they definitely have more firepower, that's for sure. I think Garrett, right, Garrett I mean, Bale should be well, back to this I mean, one. Bayern Munich had more firepower, and they played last year, and there was no question who was going to win. True. Yeah, we'll sort of see there if they can keep, you know, Ronaldo and Bale and their other stars at bay here and take a tactical win, get a 1-1 uh, draw in the first leg, and then maybe play a scoreless draw in the second leg. <laughs> it's a, a battle between uh, David De Gea's old club and the rumors have it, his new club. Mm, yeah, I saw that. It was sort of a little chain thing there too, that if De Gea goes to Real Madrid, then United is going to make a swoop for Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> yeah, all right. So Get like, Peter's we, boy in there. Are we are we taking this seriously? Are we, are we taking these rumors seriously? Because they've come out of nowhere and like... The first I heard them were was on Friday, like, oh, Davide is going back to Real Madrid. And then it went away, and then by today it was like, oh, this is a done deal. Are we ta- So are we taking this seriously? I have no idea. I mean, what's the – have you seen a price tag? Uh, $60 million. Would that make him the most expensive goalkeeper in history? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, then it's okay. No, I'm still not taking it. I'm still not taking it seriously. I don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I don't. I don't see the purpose of him moving. I mean, he has a better. I mean, he has a better shot of winning a lot more titles at Real. Whoa! Really? Yes. Really. What title? Champions League. Okay. Yeah. There. There's one, but. All right, so Real in the last – when did they – they won it in 2015, right? No, they won it in 2014 and 2016. Mm-hmm. So in the last three years, they won two Champions League titles without De Gea, so they need De Gea to win titles, to win Champions League titles? Maybe they need him to uh, get over the hump and win their first La Liga title in forever. Yeah, so since De Gea went to Manchester United, I think he has won as many league titles as Real Madrid. Yeah. He's probably won. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's won as many domestic cups as Real Madrid. So, the idea that he'd be swimming in trophies. No, but he is, would be back. He would be back home. He would uh, enjoy okay, a so, little bit nicer weather. No, he would. That's, uh, okay, so the weather's the only thing. But you, all right, you say he'd be back home, but again. He's not an he's not a Real Madrid player. He's an Atletico Madrid player. Yeah, but Madrid. So, right, but he doesn't have a tie to the club. No. But he has a tie to the city. He's he's from Madrid. Right, but this isn't like this isn't like Cesc Fabregas, who, you know, he he grew up at Barcelona, and then all my friends on the national team. Uh, yeah, they all play at Barcelona, yeah. so I want to go back there. David De Gea's best friend on the national team is Juan Mata, who plays it at United. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, here's what it comes down to. Two years ago, when, when they went through the whole transfer saga the first time, did you think he was leaving? No. You sure? Yeah. 
pretty sure. And then when... But I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm sure that he's going to leave now either. I'm just saying that if, Did you think, if he's going to no, 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 no. leave, that's they, not what I'm asking. That's he better asking. be the most expensive goalkeeper in history. Obviously. Yeah. But last, even the last time around, like, so did, did you think he wanted to leave? Uh, no. Wasn't it more his girlfriend or fiance or whatever it is? Yeah. So that's really the whole thing is his girlfriend. Has he dumped her yet? No, they're still together. Okay. And she's better looking now than she was then. Um, his girlfriend was very publicly wanted him to leave. Um, and, I mean, you're married, so you know the saying, happy wife happy equals happy life. Yes. So I think he was caught in a rock and a hard place. Because the, while every everyone and their mother said this is a done deal, De Gea is going to, to Real Madrid... David De Gea never once opened his mouth on the thing. Never once said, I want to go to Madrid. Never said anything like that. And it just gave off, to me, it gave off the impression he didn't want to leave. But he couldn't say that because then his girlfriend would be like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. But and, but you got you to gotta see it from Real's point of view too, though, that they want to get another Galactico in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, they have Kaylee Navas, who's, like, oh, remember, he's a good. year... Before, yeah, he's good. A but year he, before he's that, no he had a fantastic World Cup, and they... Yeah, but he had a... That was... So what... You're, oh, you're upset because you're like, oh, well, we got the, we got the hot World Cup goalkeeper, and now that's not good enough for you? So so what does that say to De Gea? Like, okay, you come now, and then next year we're going to sign the hot Euro goalkeeper? Isn't hmm. that what that says? Like, we reacted by watching Kaylor Navas have this fantastic World Cup. So we reacted by buying him. And then you had a fantastic season, so we reacted by buying you. Yeah. I don't know. I that mean, doesn't, I, that doesn't say. I mean, if I just, you're, if you're never, United, you don't have to sell him either. Right. So, so and I think that was the, the, first, the first time around. I never got the impression that he wanted to leave. I thought he was in cahoots kind of with United. That the way they played that he just kind of kept quiet and let it play out. Louis Van Hall had the trump card in that, and he, he bluffed it really well by dropping De Gea, and he said, well, he's got his mind on Real Madrid, so I can't play him for us. And De Gea was like, I don't have my mind on Real Madrid. I'm just, I show up to training, and I train hard every day, and I'm ready to play. But he dropped him. The, the whole fax machine happens, which United blames Real Madrid. Real Madrid blames United. Mm-hmm. I forever will believe Manchester United intentionally screwed it up. I will forever believe that because then afterwards he comes back and, and United are able to say, look, you want to be Spain's number one at the Euros next summer? Uh, you're not going to be their number one if you're not playing. And you're not going to play if you don't sign this contract extension. And uh, we already proved that to you by starting Sergio Romero in our first five games. So you either sign or you don't play, and then you won't play for Spain. And Davide was more than happy to sign. And it also gave him the ability to, to go to his girlfriend and be like, look, I had to. Because I, I don't <laughs> sorry, think sorry, he wants babe. to leave. Sorry, babe. Uh, yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I don't think he wants to leave. Yeah, he has to. I think he's happy in Manchester. And, and remember this. He came back. He steps on the field that day. There was not a single fan in Old Trafford that booed him. Yeah, they should. Everybody cheered him. And yeah. now 
rewind a couple years before that when United win the Champions League, Ronaldo's name gets thrown out there with a move to Real Madrid. He choose in quotation marks, AKA he agreed to a deal with Sir Alex Ferguson. Like I'll give you one more year and then you'll sell me. He comes back to United. He's injured at the beginning of the season. He makes his return. It was a mixed reception. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that scored 42 goals the year before that and won us the champions league. David De Gea comes back. The fans, n- not one fan booed him. And he knows if I give up two goals in the first half at the burnabout, I'm going to get booed. You know, those fans will turn on you in a second. And I, I think he loves how much, how loved he is at United. Yes, he should be. I mean, he's been their best player for a number of years now. And um... and that, that first time that it happened, United were like, well, we're going to go after Hugo Lloris to replace him. And they threw it out there seriously at the beginning of the summer. They pushed and pushed and pushed at the beginning of the summer. And then kind of level, like leaned off of him. We're like, eh, like... We have Loris as our backup plan, even though Loris and Spurs were both like, yeah, I'm not going to United. And Spurs were like, he's not going to United. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out when we have to. And that's when I knew we're not planning on selling to him because we're not really taking a backup plan seriously. This time around, it's like, oh, we'll just go out there and grab Joe Hart or Casper Schmeichel as if either of them hold a candle to De Gea. Yeah. And that's why I can't take it seriously. Because at first, I did see Jan Obok's name thrown out there, and I was like, I would take him. Yes. But if, if your alternative is Joe Hart or Casper Schmeichel, then you're not taking this seriously. No, Joe Hart never. I don't care if he's yeah. playing in Serie A for a little bit here and out. No. It's bad enough that Schmeichel has a you know tainted past in City. Definitely would not want Joe Hart at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, we, we should say De Gea has two years left on his contract and an option for an additional year, so they don't have to sell him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little side there, but, you know, it is what it is. Real, they like to buy the flashy names. That's what they do, though. I mean, look, just look what happened with Hamas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He had a good World Cup, and mm-hmm. and they needed to get him. Then on Wednesday, we got Monaco against Juventus. Uh, you asked for this one, and you got it. Yeah, I mean, it's every it's the lovable underdog who everybody's counted out all all season against a team that you can't score against. Yeah, the tactical masterminds of Juventus. And they got their stinker sort of out of the way here, too. They played a 2-2 draw in their last game. I believe it was against Atalanta. I just, I think Juventus have enough to shut them down. And then, and then my boy Dybala, he'll put, he'll put the ball in there. I mean, yeah, they got good attacking options. They got Dybala, they got Egoin, they got Mandzukic if you need someone to just chuck balls up, up long towards, so, um... Yeah, Juventus definitely the favorite in this matchup. But just seeing the the sort of gung-ho style of Monaco, they're just like, oh, let's just go for it. Let's just try to score as many goals as we possibly can. Mbappe is in amazing form. Falcao is back scoring goals. It could be really interesting if Monaco gets the first goal. Oh, for sure. 
Because then Juventus, they have to open up a little bit. Well, it could also just be interesting if Juventus get the first goal and Monaco come out attacking, 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 and leave themselves open. Yes. Yeah, I think it would make for a better game if Monaco do end up scoring first, though. So first leg is at uh, the Stade Louis the second. Stade Louis don't. I have no idea. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Then we also got the Europa League action. Uh, one game on Wednesday for some reason. Ajax taking on Lyon. Wait, what? We have a Europa League game on Wednesday? Yes. I, don't ask me why, but we do. That game starts at 12.45 p.m. Eastern, and then we got the Champions League game at 2.45. Nice. Double header. Yes. So Ajax, the Dutch, finished runners-up last season after botching the title on the last day. Uh, looks like they're going to finish second in the Eredivisie this season as well. Lyon is in fourth in Ligue 1 last time I checked. Um, way off the pace uh, with the other teams there. Uh, let's see, French Ligue 1 table. Yeah, Lyon, they are... 20 points behind third place Nice. And a whole 26 points behind Monaco, who are in the lead. And it's great, too, because Monaco, they look like they're going to pull pull this one out. They have a three-point lead over PSG with a game in hand. Yeah. I'm kind of good just going Ajax on the name. Yeah. On name only. Okay. Like I, just, I can't tell you enough about either of these teams. Well, so we'll we'll throw in Ajax based on name only, which is probably better than any of my other picks this year. I mean, Leon, probably, I'm probably better off not knowing about about either of these teams. Leon has a potential match winner in Alexandre Lacazette, that guy you've heard about. I have heard about. You remember when Leon were fronted by Hatem Benorfa and Karim Benzema? Yes. Yeah, that they, was a Leon Lyon, they had a good run there for a while. They basically were the PSG of their time there, where they were the team pumping in all the money, running away with the French League titles. Yeah. So and lo- and then losing to United in like the quarterfinals of the Champions League every year. Yep. So um, we'll see how things shake out there. Ajax, I mean, they got a couple of interesting players. Casper Dolberg. Is one of them. 19-year-old Dane. So Ooh. we'll see what happens there. Then Thursday, Celta Vigo against Manchester United. I genuinely, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I mean, all the injuries is worrying. Like we'll, For the first time. Will Pogba be back? For the first time all season. Yeah, he'll be back. And Juan Mata will be back. And Mkhitaryan's still good to go. And Mkhitaryan, all he does is score in the Europa League. Um, so now I've just talked myself into this game, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, like for the first time all year, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about this, about United, you know, in the Europa League all season long. I've, I've always just been cop, you know, even in the group stage when they were losing, I was like, well, yeah, they'll win their home games and, and they'll make it out of the group. And then as it went along, it was always, no matter who they played, oh, there's nothing more. We're the better team. Now it's like, ah, oh, crap, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, and, and I just, let's, I, 
I still do think ultimately, like, we'll just the the old formula will kick in. Like, they'll they'll get a the game that they play on Thursday will be a carbon copy of what they just played on Sunday. They'll get a win. They'll get a lead, one no lead. They'll give up a crappy goal to equalize. It'll be a 1-1 game, and it'll be like a result that's not indicative of the two teams, and then they'll win like 2-0 in the home leg. Maybe. I mean, Celta Vigo, they're not having a very good season. They're in 11th place they in the Liga. They rested eight players this week. Yes, that they did, and they <laughs> got thumped 3 nothing by Bilbao. Uh, but they finished second in their Europe League group behind Ajax. Uh, Ajax won that group, Group uh, G. On 14 points, Celta Vigo, they were second with 9 points. Then Standard Liege was third with 7 points. And then Panathinaikos had a measly 1 point. Um, they they rested 8 players this weekend. But yeah, again, as much as the bullshit that Jose Mourinho talks, I think for the past month he's, he's already acknowledged that the Europa League is the priority. Yes. It yeah. sucks that we're going to get Fellaini back in the team. Um <laughs> That's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to play defense. Carrick? Maybe, yeah. I mean, right now, that's what we're looking at. A Carrick, Darmian, central defensive pairing. Well, no, Blind. Blind's yeah, back. You got so it'll, Blind. Be, yeah. it'll be Darmian and Blind. Or Carrick and Blind. No, he's not going to go Carrick and Blind. He'll go Darmian. Darmian played decently there. On Sunday, he'll go. He'll do Darmian and Blind, and then Young, and Valencia out wide. Mm, that's not going to scare the Celta Vigo forwards, that's for sure. No, it shouldn't. Um, but yeah, if they can get a like a one-one, like they did against Rostov, and then take care of business at home, we'll see. We'll see. It will be interesting. Just get that. Win the win the goddamn competition. Go to the Champions League, please. <laughs> please. Okay. With that, we'll uh, say goodbye for this time. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Uh, probably right after the United game. Maybe a little after. Maybe a little after. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be in good spirits. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seven Orin, Paulie's P Costell WFAN. Elliot is Keats was better. Hopefully he will have a better internet connection next time around. Give Founder Sports a follow as well, and we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.